Hey guys, what's up? It's Lindsay Bauer with compilation of Lindsay Bauer. And today we're doing something a little different. Um, I am, I've been working since summer on a book. And do I plan on having it published anytime soon? Not a chance in hell. However, um, writing this, what I've been writing and kind of just just putting my thoughts on a page really, I think, can benefit a lot of people. And I got a lot of positive feedback on um, the last episode about anxiety and depression. So I said, let's take this to the next level and let's read um, what I've written so far and kind of uh, see if that can help anyone. Because I really do think that it could and kind of just put... Um, it was great rereading it because I haven't been writing in a while. And I've I wrote this over summer, and I I don't know. I think I'm ready now to. I'm in a better place that I can read it and not be so emotional. and And it does take me back to exactly where I was in that mindset. And there is a little bit of humor because that's how I deal with everything. Um, and and I think that's a healthy way too. But just looking back and looking and seeing, oh wow, this is actually what I was thinking. This is how I was feeling. Um, and it's a little scary to share it, but I, I do think that it's important. Um, you know, uh, writing a book, will it ever be published? Who knows? But I hope so. Um, I hope so. I don't know when it will be done. Anything like that, it probably won't be done for another year at least, but here's what I have so far. And I wanted to show you guys and, and read it to you. And hopefully this will resonate with someone, um, who's listening. So without further ado, here is the introduction, the prologue to my book. Thanks, guys. Prologue. I've never written shit about anything. Ironic, because I'm a communications minor. To say I'm confused in life is an understatement. I'm a 21-year-old college senior in the midst of a pandemic. I'm not one for a pity party, but talk about drawing the short stick. The point of this book is that hopefully by the end of it, I will have gathered a better idea of what the hell is going on with me, with the world, with my relationship, and gather some overall clarity. I hope that this book does not only help guide me with my current circumstances, but can help others. By the end of this book, I want you, the reader, to feel like you have gained something. That something could be anywhere from having a better understanding of what anxiety is, to apply these mechanisms whew, to your own life. It is my personal theory that everyone has a certain level of anxiety, and most people, especially men, seem to not recognize it. This book is a reminder that anxiety is painfully real and how to recognize, survive, and thrive. Intro to Anxiety, Chapter 1. Currently, I am on a break in my relationship, which means we don't speak to each other or see each other for a week. Then, by the end of the week, I'm supposed to have miraculously come. Uh, I'm supposed to have a miraculously come to Jesus moment and decide if we should still be together. However, my mother and therapist say, "Don't put pressure on the relationship or overthink it." Let me paint you a picture here. Has someone ever told you to not think of the color pink before? Then what happens? Boom, a shit ton of flamingos with pink baby bows come to mind. It is not a voluntary way of thinking. So when it comes to my relationship, I obsess. I read somewhere that anxiety is thinking of an uncomfortable situation and replaying it over and over. 
This is what I have done with my relationship to the point that has become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, if you're not familiar with what anxiety is, please allow me to enlighten you. I will first speak about my own experience with anxiety, and it goes something like this. I wake up, consumed by a feeling of panic. The panic feeling is like the feeling of realizing you missed an important deadline and having your stomach take a nosedive down the Grand Canyon. Then I wallow in my thoughts, trying to gather as to why I'm like this. A few tears may be shed out of panic to thinking this feeling will never end. I proceed to go ahead and gather myself by reminding me that I am alive. I am thankful to be here. I am loved by my family and friends. In reality, sometimes I wish I did not wake up. I know depression paired with anxiety. What a cute duo. Lastly, I try to think that there is a reason to why I'm on this earth. I need to get up because that is the only way I will be able to feel better. I typically will immediately put some clothes on, pop a vitamin D3, magnesium, and my multivitamin along with other medications because I read somewhere that these supplements should help with anxiety. I will then get the fuck out of my house. During the pandemic, staying in my bedroom was the worst thing I could do. I felt completely isolated and alone, which is an all-you-can-eat buffet that anxiety will live off of. I will then go on a walk or get a green tea, no coffee because I read that it's not great for anxiety, but somehow get out of my house. I make sure to focus on what is going on now, talking with my roommates and trying to act normal. I may give a call to one of my friends that are not at school because classes were all canceled. That is the beginning of the morning with dealing with anxiety. We will get to the rest of the day later on, but I don't want to lose a reader this soon in the book. I have not always been like this. Matter of fact, I used to be the opposite. I can think of the literal day that everything changed. There was not a one specific event that changed me, but there was more of a breaking point. It was the day after my boyfriend's 21st birthday, June 2nd, 2020. I started feeling myself freak out just being with him and watching TV in the middle of the day. I started to question who I was and why I was wasting my life away. I started to feel myself get overly irritable about little things he was saying, and it freaked me out because that was how the beginning of the end started with my previous boyfriend. I began hysterically crying for no reason as I was eating my Taco Bell on the floor. I certainly would not say this was the lowest I have hit, but it was not cute. My boyfriend was extremely confused as to why I was crying, and frankly, I don't know. All I know was that my gut and heart were telling me something is very off and wrong. The next couple of days, I thought that it was a one-off event and that I just needed to get organized and go for a run. There was another day in the midst of that week that I was at the park all alone, and I called my mom. I started uncontrollably sobbing about how I felt like I was going crazy. I felt I had no control and that this feeling of panic and not being able to identify why I felt this way I did was driving me a literal, literally crazy. I remember hearing the concern and calmness in my mom's voice telling me that I could not focus on the big picture right now. She gave me some of the very best advice that I've ever been given about anxiety. It was to focus on right now, not the next hour, but the exact minute. Focus on making it to the next minute. And that is because my brain would have exploded if I thought about the rest of the day or the rest of the week. I remember leaving the park after sobbing on the phone with my mom and having to teach a private volleyball lesson. I used to be very intense about volleyball and played most of my life. When I made the decision to not play in college, I thought I would coach. 
On the way to the gym, I was sobbing in the car and trying to focus on taking a deep breath. Every time my mind would wander to feeling out of control or crazy, I would think, focus on my breath, and all I needed to do was get through this lesson. The body and mind of humans amazed me. I completed not only one, but two one-hour private lessons on one of the worst days of my life. Not a single one of my coworkers even knew. I smiled and said all of the right things. I let the little girl who I was coaching talk to me, and I focused on her every word. I had 30 minutes in between the lessons and went on a drive and was on the verge of a complete panic attack the entire time, and not a soul knew. It happened the next day at my boyfriend's house. I was sobbing and hyperventilating. I was saying how, what if I did not want to be with him, and what if I didn't love him? I know. Writing these words makes me sound ridiculous. How could someone not know? How could someone sob to the person that they were questioning if they are supposed to be together and expect them to comfort them? Yes, he did. He held me, never having seen me sob like this and never having seen a panic attack before. That week is honestly a blur. I remember wanting my boyfriend to comfort me, but also feeling terrible because what if I broke his heart at some point? I had never had anxiety before and the feeling of not having control of my mind is not something I would wish upon my worst enemy. I saw a TikTok by Psych with Mike once and he said, the reason anxiety will originate is when you have two conflicting thoughts. I know, you may be thinking, no shit, Sherlock. It seems so simple, but that is because now I am not with anxiety brain and I can look back at these moments and make sense of them. What is anxiety brain, you ask? Ah, yes. Anxiety brain is something that is all too familiar to me. It is when you desperately are searching for the answer to the source of your anxiety. However, you are not able to find the source of your anxiety because you are thinking in a vicious, unproductive loop that never stops. For example, one of my obsessions was if I wanted to break up with my boyfriend. The cycle would begin with him coming over and us watching TV. I would then begin testing myself, thinking... Am I happy to see him? He has his arm around me. Do I like that or not? Then, because I was in anxiety brain mode, I was not able to clearly determine how it made me feel. I would become an anxious mess and eventually start hyperventilating, which would lead to a panic attack because I had the conflicting thoughts of not knowing what I wanted and wanting to want him to be happy. The advice I would give myself knowing what I know now is to take the pressure off. There's no deadline to determine if you want to be with him forever. I would advise for myself to do projects with him, things that would force me to stay present in the moment and not obsess over if I was having fun or not. Eventually, I would do things like work on DIY projects while he was over. It took me a while to be able to sit through a TV show with him because a trigger of mine is sitting still. The point of the story is anxiety brain does not allow you to make a rational decision from your emotions. Anxiety brain can come and go throughout the day, week, or month. It is crucial to remember it will pass. However, in the moment of struggling with anxiety, the name of the game is survival. Part 1. Survival. Anxiety history. Do not be concerned that this section is called survival. Do not worry the second half of the book is called thriving. This is a means to an end with anxiety. To get to the point of being able to thrive with anxiety, we need to make sure that we can get out of bed. This section will be a compilation of things I have researched, advice from my therapist and family, and what I have found works best for me. All of the women in my family have suffered from anxiety. My mom and sister 
are two of the most influential people in my life, have had anxiety as long as they can remember. My sister was getting her first panic attacks in fourth grade because her teacher was a class one bitch ass and made my poor sister scared of her. My sister began throwing up on her way to school and obsessively making sure her homework was in her backpack in fear of getting in trouble. My mom was no stranger to anxiety and thanked the good Lord because she was able to push my sister to learn to deal with anxiety. If she was like one of those LA housewives, she would have let my sister stay home from school or switch teachers. However, my mom is a badass living with chronic anxiety and wanted to make sure my sister was too. My sister eventually stopped throwing up on her way to school and graduated the fourth grade and faced and faced her not only bitch-ass teacher, but her anxiety. This later was the beginning of an ongoing life with anxiety, but because she was forced to face her anxiety daily, it allowed her to have the tools to cope with it in her adult life. I grew up seeing the struggles my mom and sister faced and never fully understand, understood it. I saw a lot of tears, breakdowns, and some avoidance. What I did not know at the time is that they felt anxiety more than they would show it. I did not realize that living with anxiety is living with a gaping pit in your stomach that randomly decides to show show up, often with no reason. Okay, so that is my intro. That is my everything right now, Uh, my prologue, my intro, and all that good stuff. Um, a little backstory right now, I am completely single and, um, and that's for other reasons, not for that obsession I was having. I was having that, those obsessive thoughts, um, because something just wasn't right in the relationship and that's okay, but I couldn't put my finger on it at the moment. And that's when those obsessive thoughts started happening. Um, now looking back, I understand and, and he's great and I'm great right now. So, um, no bad feelings there, but It is interesting how when you're in it, how crazy things can be. Um, So that I have, I'm, none of those things in that, in that part of the book have occurred in months and there has been some hard days, but I do want you to know that things can change and dramatically at that. Um, So that was kind of interesting to go back and to actually read what I was thinking during those times. And I did want to share it for you all because I think that um, now with my vision, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm able to look back and see why I was feeling those ways and how I got through it, what worked. And that's when you should definitely check out my um, anxiety and depression podcast because I do talk about some actual key takeaways that you can do daily uh, to help out with that. But this this book is not is not a I'm, I don't share it because I'm like, oh look, I'm writing. Oh cool, whatever. I do share it because like I said, I really want to emphasize that things change. Things change and that you will be okay. I promise. Um even if you are having chronic anxiety, there will be good days. I promise. And I'm living proof of that. I'm living proof of discovering anxiety in my adult life and never having previously had it before. And that's why I'm such an advocate to tell so many people about this. Um, 
So I really, I really hope that you guys enjoyed that and got a very, very personal insight to what it has been like for myself. And hopefully you can realize that you're not alone. Whatever it is you're anxious about, you're not alone. I promise you there are other people. And like I said, when I had to coach that volleyball lesson in between and I was on the verge of a panic attack, not a single person knew. So just keep that in mind that even if you're not having anxiety or anything like that, just know that your loved ones, someone is, I promise you. So just keep that in mind and just be open, share your story, share your your experiences, because I promise you someone else will want to hear them and can relate to them as well. Well, with that, I'm going to finish off this episode. You can find me on compilation of Lindsay Bauer at... Instagram, and you can find me at Linsbauer on TikTok. And thanks, guys, for listening. And thanks for if you listen to this whole thing, I really appreciate you. Um, tell your friends about the podcast, share it, um, do all of those things that you know you're supposed to do. Share it, post it, tag me, um, and keep up with my daily joys on Instagram and TikTok because I post something every day that made me happy. So I love all of you guys so much, and thank you for listening. Big kiss to you. Mwah.